I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for the United States Senate. The time is now for fresh ideas and new leadership. I'm running for student council because of you and for you. That is why I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for president of the United States. This is Lee Pettinoff from the Arena Talks podcast, where we profile up-and-coming leaders from across the country. Today, we'll talk to Rita Bosworth, the founder of Sister District. Rita entered the political arena after the November election. She watched $20 million get spent on a California race with two progressive Democrats that ran against each other. She was inspired to launch Sister District to match resources with races where they'll have a greater impact. We'll talk with Rita about how Sister District works, why it's focused on state races, and how you can get involved. I really learned a ton from our conversation and think you will too. All right, Rita, welcome to the Arena Talks podcast. We're really excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, let's start at the beginning. So I know that like many of us, you're pretty new to the political arena. Is that right? That is correct. I'm very new. <laughs> um, I was reading a bit about you. I know you went to, to Stanford Law and were a public defender. Um, what inspired you to make the jump into the political arena? <laughs> Uh, I didn't actually know I was making the jump into the political arena, and I think that's probably <laughs> why I'm still here right now. Um, yeah, I've been a public defender for 12 years. That's been my the entirety of my professional career. Um, and so certainly I am progressive and liberal and, and aware of all of these these causes, but had never that had never been my my profession. And then after the election, you know, like all of us really, I was just so blown away and depressed and distraught and sad and angry. And I had this idea, um, idea for how we, the people could try to make change. And it stemmed from the fact that I live in California, which is a very blue state. And we were actually choosing between two Democrats for our open Senate seat because we have an open primary in California. And there was $20 million was spent on that race to determine which of these Democrats was going to go to the Senate. Wow. And I just thought, what if that $20 million, instead of instead of being spent on a race that really electorally was not going to have, have significance for the Democrats on a national level, what if that was instead spent on competitive races in other parts of the country where we could actually get a win for a Democrat over a Republican in a way that would make a difference for us um, nationally? And so that's what's, what started this idea in my head of we've got to take you know, we've got to take advantage of our really deeply blue progressive areas. And we've got to send that energy to other parts of the country, other communities that are like ours that, that need help because really our vote affects them and their votes affect us. And so we've got to help each other out. And, you know, we won, the Democrats won the popular vote by almost 3 million votes. We have the people. It's just that we are very geographically disadvantaged, both in the electoral college and the Senate. Um, so the solution, the, the hack, if you want to put it in Silicon Valley terms, uh, was to use our, our strength, which is our numbers and channel that energy toward races that, that need our help. And so I just had this idea, um, not being part of the political world and, and not really having to do with my work as a public defender, just as being a person living in California, um, and seeing this play out before me. And so I started my project, the sister district project, just, I just built a website one night about a week after the election. And at that time, people were really desperate for ideas and for how we could 
act and how we could change. And so I think it resonated with a lot of people who, like me, live in these deeply blue areas. I don't need to canvas for my congresswoman. I don't need to give her my my $50. She's going to win no matter what, but I can canvas for somebody and I can give $50 to somebody. And I wanted to figure out a way that we could provide information for people uh, so that they knew where their time and their money would make the most difference uh, for for Democrats. And so that's kind of a very long answer to, to your question, but I wasn't involved in politics at all. I just had this idea and then it just took off and we got a lot of attention. I think people people really understood that that feeling of helplessness when you live in this area where everybody everybody seems to agree with you, but that's just not how the politics are going and you want to make a difference. Um, and from my perspective, we have to be able to break out of our blue bubbles and, and move beyond political boundaries in order to make that difference or else we're going to continue to just sit here and, and watch the world around us not reflect what we want it to reflect. So sister district basically takes, you know, people who live in these bright blue uh, districts or states and connects them with uh, other other states or other districts where their time, where their money is potentially uh, more valuable or could have a higher impact. Let's say that hypothetically, I'm a person who lives in one of these bright blue districts or states. Um, how do I how do I get involved? Like, how do I learn more about which districts I should explore uh, supporting or um, giving my time to? Yeah. So. At Sister District, our goal is to do all of the legwork for you. And so we have a research and data team and we're working on identifying races across the country. And we're in state races, by the way, not not federal races. We're in state races. And I can go into that more, but that's because um, states control redistricting and the Republicans have so badly gerrymandered so many of the state legislatures and um, congressional districts that that's one of the reasons we're in this kind of sit power imbalance to begin with. So we really believe we have to, we have to win back the states. We have to win back state legislatures in order to change redistricting in order to get more fairness and representation. So what we do is we identify state races that are competitive and winnable for Democrats and also strategic. And so we, um, our team is basically looking at all states all the time to see which state races are competitive and which ones need a focused boost of energy to kind of get them over the top. And then those are the races we select. And then once we select the races, we assign each race to a team. And that goes to the other uh, piece of our organization, which is that if you want to get involved, you can go to our website and you sign up to volunteer and you type in your zip code and that connects you with your local team. So once you have signed up, um, there's a, a local district captain who will contact you and bring you into the fold uh, in their team. And so we have about a hundred teams across the country um, and you join the team. It, we have it organized by a congressional district, but, um, but we've combined some teams and, and you're going to be connected to the closest local team. And then your team is going to be assigned to one of our races that our research and data team has identified as being uh, winnable and competitive and strategic for Democrats. And so you will be, you and your team are solely focused on this one candidate. And we work directly with the campaign to figure out exactly what they need so that your time and your money and your energy is used as efficiently as possible. And so the activities that our teams are doing for their candidates include fundraising, 
phone banking, uh, text banking. We're trying to get that up and running, writing postcards and even canvassing uh, if people are able to do that. And so we're working directly with these campaigns to give them exactly what they need so that your contribution is making a difference. And so that's the idea is rather than, you know, presenting people with this overwhelming and kind of insurmountable list of like, we need to win 75 races. That, that just feels very, um, intangible and, and, and undoable. But instead we say, look, San Francisco team, you're going to support this candidate in Virginia and you're going to hold fundraisers for them and you're going to get to know them and they're going to do Skype with you and you're going to spread the word on social media about them. And we're really going to raise the level of awareness about the importance of these candidates in these races. And one by one, we're going to try to win these races so that we can flip state legislatures so that we can uh, initiate fair redistricting. And, and, you know, this is going to be a domino effect, but it's it's going to take a long time. This is not going to happen overnight. And the Republicans did the same thing back in 2010 with, with something called red map. They decided they were going to win back slash buy back the state legislatures. They're much cheaper races to win. And they did just that. They, they won almost a thousand seats over the past um, eight years in, in state legislatures. And they now have control of 25 trifecta states, which means the Republicans in 25 states control the governorship, the state Senate and the state legislature. And so that's why we're seeing all of this horrific legislation come out at the state level, because half of our states, uh, the Democrats can't even challenge it. And the Democrats only have six trifecta states right now. So you can mm -hmm. see why, even though the Democrats, you know, we won the popular vote by almost 3 million, we are getting badly beaten uh, all across the country. And it's because at the, the state level, the, the Republicans very smartly have have taken over. And once they've redistricted and once they've gerrymandered, it's even harder to take back control. And so, you know, we all want to win back Congress. We all want to win back the Senate. Um, but but I think what I really want people to understand is that starts at the state level. It starts locally. And that's where we have to, in my opinion, that's where the fight is right now. Yeah. So, so when I, when I go and sign up on your website, I'm basic, I'm connected with people who live near me, um, who have done the same thing. And we might meet up to have a postcard writing party or a phone bank party or a text, a text bank party, or we might host a fundraising event. Um, that's really wild. And so, so, and to support one specific race somewhere else in the country. Um, yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Um, and then and I, we, sorry, our races are determined also, you know, elections, there's a, there's a cycle to elections. And so right now we are almost exclusively in Virginia because Virginia and New Jersey are the only states that are having legislative elections this year. So a lot of the way that our race election is determined is by who's having elections and which elections are important. Um, and so we're largely in Virginia this year and also in one special election in Washington state this year. Um, and that's a great one because this is a vacant Senate seat in Washington state where whichever party wins that seat, that party is going to take control of the Senate. And if um, Democrats win that seat, then we will turn Washington state into a trifecta state for the Democrats. So that's an incredibly mm -hmm. strategic race for the Democrats. That's exactly the type of race sister district wants to be in, because not only would we get a win for a Democrat, but we would get a win for the Democrats. Um, and so those are the types of races that we are, we're looking to get involved in. Speaking of which, I heard that something similar happened in uh, Delaware recently, um, and in large part due to the efforts of Sister District and other organizations like Indivisible and like Flippable. Can you explain uh, what happened there? 
Yeah, absolutely. We're so pleased with that race. Um, so that was a special election in the Delaware State Senate. And the candidate there was Stephanie Hansen. She was a wonderful candidate. And it was the same situation that I just described in Washington, where <clears throat> the Senate in Delaware was evenly split. And this special election, this vacant seat was going to determine which party took control of the Senate. And it was expected to be a very close race. The previous candidate won by, I think, around 350 votes. So really within like a percentage point. So it was expected to be very close, very competitive. It was very strategic. And we supported uh, Stephanie Hansen, our volunteers. You know, we raised money for her. Our volunteers in Delaware phone banked for her. We had teams that were canvassing for her. We were spreading the word on social media. She ended up winning by 17 points. And, you know, we can't, obviously, we don't try to take entire credit for that. Um, that was kind of the only race that was happening at the time. A lot of groups were involved. It was definitely a joint effort, but it was in my mind, a real success story and something that, that that's exactly what we're trying to replicate now with other races across the country. Um, it, it's just a testament to how, when people get involved and when they know what's happening and when they take action, we really can move the needle on these things. And in state races, it's a little bit easier because their budgets are lower. Um, you know, John Ossoff spent $23 million on his congressional seat in Georgia that he lost. Um, whereas these state races, a lot of them have a budget of like a hundred thousand dollars or maybe, maybe a million dollars at the most. And so your $20 to a state candidate goes a lot further than it does to a congressional or a Senate candidate. And these state seats are very, very important, both for redistricting purposes, but also for getting uh, good policy out so that that can then that policy can then go to the national level. It's also good for incubating good candidates because we have to start um, getting better candidates at the local and state levels in order to have good candidates at the national level. And so um, these state races are, are incredibly important. And they're, they're, there's a lower barrier to entry because they're not as sophisticated. Um, they, they are so grateful for help from volunteers. Um, it's, we've had so many campaigns tell us that they just can't even believe that people are willing to, to give them this time because they're just not used to having people who care about their races. Um, so, so if we focus on this, if we get involved in these races, we can really make a difference. And, and the Stephanie Hansen race in Delaware was the perfect example of that. Got it. So, if, so if I'm understanding correctly, while the federal races like Congress and Senate might be, you know, potentially sexier or draw more attention, the state races are more important because um, our time and our money has a has a higher impact, and they control the redistricting process. And so that's why sister district is focused there. Is that is that an accurate summary yes. of that? Do you think? Uh, yes, <clears throat> absolutely. And then what about local races? So local races are obviously incredibly important as well. Um, and the nice thing about sister district is that because our teams are organized locally based, you know, based on the community where you live, <clears throat> we assign a sister race to each one of our teams, but we also encourage our teams to get involved in their local in their local issues, their local races, their local ballot initiatives to, to collaborate with other groups in their area, like Indivisible or their Women's March huddles or even the local Democratic Party. So we see ourselves as, you know, we are trying to uh, race by race kind of flip these seats for Democrats, but we also see ourselves as really creating a, an infrastructure for people who want to volunteer or just be involved in their communities, become activists or, or civically engaged, we're, we're creating an infrastructure for them to do that. And so, so many of our teams are meeting, um, 
and, and they're deciding for themselves what other actions they want to take because, mm. you know, you can have your sister race and, and you do your activities for that race, but people want to do more. And we think that's fantastic. And we're seeing so much creativity and energy coming out of our local teams, both in terms of how they're deciding to support their sister race, but also in terms of the other civic engagement activities that they're doing. And so we right now don't have sister district headquarters. We don't have the resources to be supporting local races, um, because, because we focus specifically on coordinating with every campaign to make sure that we're giving them exactly what they want. We just don't have the the staff right now to do that, but our local teams are doing that. And we've got, you know, thousands of volunteers across the country that are taking the initiative to figure out what issues they want to be involved in and getting their, their teammates involved in that. So that is part of the beauty of our organization is we are, we are volunteer driven and our volunteers are doing amazing work getting involved in their communities. And that's what we want. We want this to be lasting civic engagement, because if there's anything we've all learned, you know, with this past election, it is that when we fall asleep at the wheel and we're, when we're not involved and when we think that democracy just kind of takes care of itself, then Donald Trump becomes our president. And so mm. we, we really can't let up uh, anymore. This has to become part of our, our daily rituals. And so that's, that's part of what we were trying to foster. So we've, at this, we've talked mainly about progressives who live in uh, bright blue states, but what about progressives who live in bright red states? So I've met lots of people who live in states where for whatever reason, there's very little chance of uh, flipping the state blue, but, uh, but there are certainly plenty of progressive people who live there who want to get politically active. Is that something that sister district also um, is focused on? Absolutely. We, we love all of our volunteers, no matter where they live. And in fact, that's another, um, our focus is on these deep blue areas just because that seems to be where people have this overwhelming amount of energy and resources to kind of spread out. But the same is true in deep red areas. I mean, if you know that, uh, you live in this red, the heart, the red heart of a red state and, and no matter how hard you work, you're not going to turn your state legislature then your team will also be assigned to a sister race and you can help uh, flip a race that's that we deem strategically important and winnable and competitive somewhere else in the country. And so no matter where you live, you can still be channeling your energy and your resources to a, a race that's going to help us on the national scale. Um, and then in terms of you know, we don't, <laughs> I don't know if we or anybody has the answer yet to how we're going to start flipping these red states. But um, the way that I see it is we're kind of in triage mode right now. I mean, we're two states away from the Republicans being able to call for a constitutional convention, which should scare the pants off of everybody. And so right now, um, we have just got to start hacking away at the edges and and getting a, a wider gap between um you know, between those two states, we need to increase the number of states they need for things like calling a constitutional convention. Um, as we progress and as we start winning and as we start taking back more of these states and we're in less of this kind of code red situation, then um, we're, you know, we can turn our attention to how are we going to flip these red states. But um, for now, the way I see it is that we've just got the we've got to get the country back in alignment. We've got to get the popular vote in line with how we're represented in government. And then we are going to be able to make more progress, um, kind of on the offensive. Rita, what has, what do you, what has been the biggest challenge since launching the sister district in November? Um, like what's been the toughest part of building this brand new organization from scratch? 
<laughs> That's a funny question because it, everything I've is incredibly <laughs> hard, but, but it's also been fun and exhilarating. You know, I'm a lawyer and I'm not, uh, I haven't been an entrepreneur. This is a very different space to be working in, but it's also, it's a lot of fun and there are a lot of wonderful people out there. Um, I would say there's two things that, that come to mind. Number one, and this is maybe not very sexy, but, um, you know, being in different states, every state has different campaign finance laws. And so figuring out how to comply with each state's laws is tricky and time consuming. Um, and it's, it's blown my mind that, you know, the Koch brothers can donate $400 million to races in 2018. That's what they're expected to spend in 2018 is $400 million without a blink. And yet, um, for individuals to donate even a hundred dollars there, you have to do you know, you have to give your name and your address and where you work. There are all these reporting requirements. And it just has, number one, it's, it makes it very complicated to be in this space for volunteers to be able to help out. But number two, it just highlights how backwards our system is. Not only, you know, is our system saying that corporations are people and they can give unlimited money, but at the same time, they're saying that actual people who want to give money, we're going to like run them through the ringer and make it actually really hard for them to give money. And so that's highlighted a real problem in the system, which I think we already knew was there. Um, but, but those legal issues are difficult and our volunteers who want to raise money and want to have fundraisers and are thinking of all these creative things to do. Um, a lot of times you just, you can't do it because of these reporting requirements. Um, so, but we're working through it and we have an excellent legal team and, and we're making it happen, but it just, it, it, it's one more thing that adds to the, the list of why just the average person does not have nearly as much power as those who are wealthy and, and already in power. Um, and it makes us kind of want to fight all the harder for that. And then I would say the second challenge is, and we knew this was going to happen is, is making sure people stay engaged. I mean, it's been not even six months since Donald Trump was inaugurated. Everybody is frustrated. The news is just terrifying every morning. People are tired. People feel defeated. I mean, I feel it too. And the question is, how how are we going to keep doing this and also make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and enjoying our lives and, and not letting Donald Trump kind of ruin the American democratic experience for us? Um, and so you know, my answer to that is just that this is a marathon, not a sprint and everybody should do what they can do while also maintaining their, their kind of sanity. Um, and we have to remember, you know, it took the Republicans eight years to, to get to this point. It's going to take us that amount of time too. Um, but if we give up, if we don't do the work, then, then we're not going to get it back. And so we have to steal ourselves for that and remember that this is going to take some time, but also that we have to keep doing it. We don't have a choice. You, you read my mind. I was about to ask you, like, how do we, how do we sustain this momentum? Um, these waves of activism. And it sounds like from what you're saying, the first step at least is to recognize that it is just going to take time. Uh, we're not going to flip states in six months. Um, it's going to take us years. What, what else can we do to make sure that we really just keep up the, keep up the pressure and keep up the momentum? I mean, I think Indivisible is doing an outstanding job in terms of putting pressure on members of Congress and every little tiny victory we get, every time that a senator or a congressperson wavers because of the pressure that they're getting from constituents, that's a victory. I mean, I'm a public defender. And so <laughs> my job 
you know, we lose all the time. We're supposed to lose. Um, but you, we have this thing in the public defender world, we call it a public defender victory. And it's like, well, if we got a lower sentence than we were supposed to for a client, or if we got a charge dismissed that they originally brought, uh, you know, those were victories. And so we have to start really clinging to even just the small things that would not have happened unless we were doing what we were doing. And, and then we also have to know that the tide is going to shift. I mean, in politics over history, the pendulum shifts. And so we're, we're at a really, really far right point, which is depressing to so many of us because we thought we were past that. Um, and we're not, you know, and, and we, we have to keep working at it, but the pendulum will shift. Um, our hard work is making a difference and, and it's not going to happen overnight, but even these little victories, even if you're going to get a, a Democrat elected in a, in a local mayor's race, that's been traditionally a Republican area. I mean, the, all of those things matter and they add up. And so I think we have to remind ourselves of these small victories. We have to remind ourselves that it doesn't happen overnight. And we have to remind ourselves that this is, we have to work at a steady pace, you know, uh, I mean, granted I have quit my job and I'm now doing this full time, but, but for most of us, you know, you just, you put in the time that you can every day and then, and, and you also continue to live your life because we have to sustain this. Yeah. I like that. We need more, we need more public defender victories. We need to, or we need to focus on the public defender victories because right. <laughs> those will be, we're not going to change, not going to change this overnight. Um, what's next for you and for sister district, Rita? Well, um, we have just rolled out our, um, a set of programs for our candidates. So we are currently supporting 15 candidates in the Virginia house of delegates race, which will happen in November, as well as our candidate in Washington state also will happen in November. And so each of our teams are assigned to, they actually each have two races. Each of our teams has, has two races and we've just rolled out programs, um, for each of these candidates, which, which include phone banking, postcarding. Um, we are, uh, gonna, we're working on a text banking program. And then also we're gearing up to have some of our volunteers start canvassing for the candidates. So all of those things are very exciting. Um, our, our teams are fundraising for their candidates. We've raised, uh, this year we've raised almost $150,000 for the candidates that, that we've supported, which is just an amazing accomplishment. Um, and it's exactly what we set out to do, which was to channel the resources of people in these deeply blue or, or deeply red areas toward races that matter. And so we're very excited about what sister district is doing. And then we're, we're also looking ahead to 2018 when there are going to be many, many more legislative races. Um, we have a fantastic data and research team and they're identifying those same types of strategic races, um, that we can get into in order to, uh, get wins for Democrats, but also for the Democrats and, and try to flip some chambers and, and reduce the number of Republican trifecta States. Um, and so we're, we're very busy. There's a lot to do. Uh, but, but we feel really good about what we're doing it. We've, we have a very high quality team of people. We're working around the clock on this stuff and our volunteers are just outstanding. I mean, I am blown away by the dedication and creativity of our volunteers. We have our team in Vermont. Um, they are making soup and they're selling soup subscriptions to support their candidate in Virginia. Uh, we have a team in LA. They are doing a bake sale that's called Bake America Great Again. I mean, the stuff that our volunteers are coming up with, I, I'm in love with. And so this is exactly what we're trying to spark. And so we're trying to do the legwork of creating the infrastructure and then we're letting the volunteers go bananas. And, and I think it's working. And so we're very excited about it. That's really great. 
And so uh, where can I go to learn more? You can go to our website, which is sisterdistrict.com. And we've got a lot of information on there, including our sister races, uh, which you can see who we're supporting and you can donate to their campaigns. And by the way, when you donate to their campaign, it goes directly to the candidate. We don't take a cut of that money. It doesn't even go through our organization. And so everything that you're donating is going directly to, uh, to the candidates fund. Um, you can learn a little bit more about our history, uh, who we are, uh, why we're focusing on state races. And you can, uh, see the programs that I mentioned, the, the phone making and the postcards, um, the research and data team. And the, we actually are also starting a mentorship program for volunteers who want to become more, um, get into more of a leadership capacity. So there's a lot of information on our website, which again is sisterdistrict.com. And you also can sign up to volunteer and be connected with your local team. Well, Rita, uh, thanks so much for your time. I learned a ton. I know our, uh, our listeners will as well. Great. Thank you so much.